Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you for family. Thank you for your family, God. Thank you that you are the perfect Father. You're such a great example. Jesus, you are too. Thank you for the children that we have here. Thank you as they go out to wreck and to the kids' ministry that we have here. Lord, bless those leaders. Bless the children. I thank you for your word going into their lives. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're going to speak to each one of us here now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the breath we have. That we woke up this morning. That you have a purpose for us today. Amen. Grab your seats. feel um, God singing that back to us that I'm desperate for you. Like God singing that to you this morning. He's desperate for you. Desperate for you to, to encounter him. Desperate for you to see him. Desperate for you to like, because he's desperate. He, he sent his son like to die for you. You can't say this isn't, not an act of desperation, but he's reckless in what he does. Like he would just throw the most expensive gift to save you. That's cool. That's cool. I love that we now have a choice. I don't know about you, but have you, ever, have you ever gone, oh, man, I wish we didn't have so many choices sometimes. I wish we didn't have to choose. Yeah. Like you, you may be struggling with a moral choice. You know, I wish I didn't have to have this choice like, or, or face with a tough decision. I wish I didn't have. But it's a good thing you've got choice. Yeah. It's good. It is actually good because if, if you didn't have choice, you wouldn't have a choice. Now, that's deep. <laughs> Thank you for someone <laughs> laughing at that one. No, if you don't have choice, you're just automated, right? We're not automated. We're not meant to be automated. We're made for choice. We're made to decide to, to choose. What do I do? Do I take left? Do I take right? And to be able to reason it through. I like having a choice because then I can choose to be in God's family. That's right. I'm glad that I've got a choice to follow Jesus. Cool. So we have been talking a bit about how we fight our battles and how we live our lives. Not battles with other people, how we fight our battles in life because life can tend to be some, and feel sometimes like a battle, how we're struggling through lives, our lives. But the Bible doesn't talk about struggle. It talks about being an overcomer, having victory in our lives and, right. and living with purpose. Uh, even though it does also talk about difficulties because God understands Jesus lived a life on this planet, so he understands that there are physical difficulties and there's complexities and, and everything like that. He understands. So he understands if you have weak times, if you have tough times. I love that about our God. I love that about him. So one of the things that is coming out lately in Matthew is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, blessed are those who realize you can't do it by yourself. I can't do this alone. I can't do this life just by myself, or even having friends around me and we work, try and work things out. I, I've got to have something greater that I live for. I've got to have something bigger. And not just a cause in life, not just a, a, something to work towards, but actually having a greater power yeah. in our lives. And it, we've been talking about raising our hands. I love this idea of raising our hands. Pastor Steve brings it out so well when he talks about, like, if people are excited, they raise their hands. You know what? Does anyone, like... Agree with that? <laughs> that's the word I'm trying to say. Like, wow, that's great. Woo, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, hey, how great is that? You've had a baby. Woo, your hands go up. You do. You just, you put your hands up and it's a, it's a sign of, of thanks, a sign of like, wow, I, that is awesome. But it's also a sign of surrender. It's like, yeah, I'm done. That's it. You got me. Uh, where do I go now? <laughs> a sign of surrender. 
Um, and, and we're actually designed to, to follow something. We're designed, we're made, you're built from the ground up to follow God. Uh, you're made to follow something. And it's God, I say something, but it's actually God is what we're built to. So we, we're, always, we're always looking to follow things, to find something interesting, look for something. We're designed to surrender to something. Who, Who's ever surrendered to something and I just want to chase after that with everything I've got? Like, you know, chase after an idea or, or a new smartphone or like you might work hard and, and to earn this phone or you might be working for something. That's like surrendering to it. And, and we're made for that because in Matthew, um, Jesus says that uh, in Matthew 6, you, you can't serve two masters, right? So you're going to be following. And, and back then there was a lot of servants. So people in that culture, there were servants and masters so the idea of there being a master was not foreign to them. It was quite, um, yeah. quite close to them. They understood it. For us, we don't really have servants and masters here, but we do have employees. We do have bosses. We do have people that are in charge of us. So we understand that if you had two bosses telling you to do... I don't know if you've ever been in a workplace where you've got multiple bosses and one's telling you to do this and one's telling you to do that. You can't do both of them. You can't keep them both happy. It's just not going to work out. Either one of them's going to be angry at you or you're going to be angry at one of them and it's like, I can't take this anymore. You can't serve two masters. Either you love one, hate the other, or you hate one and, and despise the other. It says you can't follow both God and money, which means you can't follow God and you can't follow your own desires as well. You can't follow God and your own, your own beliefs or focus on other things. You've we're single-minded. We're designed to look in one way. That's where our eyes don't turn yeah. in different directions. Yeah. If you do, that's usually not normal. But, um, you know, even if they do, you, know, you still only see straight ahead, don't you? Like if you have a lazy eye or something like that, you're still seeing straight ahead. We're designed for single focus. Way we're made. Yes. In Luke 9, it says, that If anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Wow. Whoever tries to save your life, that's like surrendering or following. So I'm going to follow this whole idea uh, of surrendering and the, and the power of surrender because yes. we do have power in our surrender. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will save it. Yeah, whoever loses his life for me will save it. The idea of surrender has, does have a bit of a negative feeling to it, like, okay, I'm done, you know, I've been, I've been caught. I've been beaten, I've been whipped, I've been, uh, I've been exposed, I've now got to give up. T- to me, that feels like the act of a victim. And, and I, I don't think we need to be victims in, in when we're talking about with God or, or even in our lives because we have choice. We have that power of choice. We can choose whether we face life as a victim or, ch- or face life as a person who can make their own decisions, uh, whether it's aware of what you're doing or unaware. Because we surrender, we do surrender to things in life. I have surrendered to some stuff in my life at times and found myself um, chained to that thing, um, whether it be financially or, or you might, oh, we nearly bought a house the other day. Um, as a, we thought, this is a great idea, an investment house, let's buy it. Then we realised, no, that's not a good idea. If you, yeah, I know, you're probably scared about me. Don't be, don't be worried, that's fine. Um, but if you make a decision financially you, and get a loan, you're linked to that. Yeah. You surrendered to that, you surrendered... Uh, you're, you're going to now buy this house and you owe someone a lot of money for that house. So we want to surrender to the right things. Yes. We want to surrender to good things. So in, the idea of surrender is to give in to an emotion or an influence, to give in or control, relinquish control to another person or another thing. Actually, to give up our position to someone else as well. It's like give up our position of control to someone else. 
or to something else. Right. So we're all poor in spirit. We need something else. And I don't know, I've, I've been living a few years on this planet and I find that if you don't look for God, you're going to look for what he is going to give you out of something else. Now that may be things, that may be something you can buy here on this planet, something you can work out, reason out, act out, where you're getting pleasure, getting value, getting worth, you're going to look for it in something. You're going to surrender yourself to something if you're not surrendering yourself to God. Because I believe we are made to surrender to him. And and surrendering is a good thing. It's it's actually an empowering thing because God wants... God actually wants more for us in our surrender. Like What he wants to give to us, what we have to give to him by surrendering is nothing compared to what he gives to us when we do. Got that out in the end. That's great. So... It depends on what we choose to surrender to because your, your life is going to give, give glory to something. You know, you might work hard and people are like, wow, you did really good in that business. Well, that business is really paying off for you. We're going to give glory to something. Our life is a platform of glory to give something glory to. It just depends on who's in that centre stage or what's in that centre stage. Cool. So what happens if we, des- if we surrender our lives to stuff that is temporary, stuff that has surrounded us in our lives. So whether it be work or, or pleasure or our desires or, or good stuff, whether we, whether we focus on humanitarian acts or, or whatever, if we focus on stuff that's not on God, we only get a temporary gain. I find that um, in, in the story of King David, does everyone know who King David is in the Bible? If, you, if you're not really au fait with the Bible... You're not familiar with the Bible. What is that word? If you're not familiar with the Bible, it probably means the same thing. What? It doesn't matter. Uh, if you're familiar with the Bible, sorry, if you're new here, my brain tends to go fast sometimes, and if I say a joke and then... Anyway, just like that. Maybe I'm just talking to my brother. Oh, Father. Um, David is a great example uh, of surrender because from a young age, he surrendered his life to God. And followed Jesus. Well, it was God. He followed the Father. In it talks about him when he's out, looking after the pastures, looking after the sheep. He would always be singing to God. And then later, he becomes this massive king, this great king who defeated so many of the enemies around the kingdom of Israel. He's well known for his victories. I want you to think about that. He's well known for his victories. So, if we surrender to the wrong stuff, which David did at times as well, we know that he had some failings in his life. We get temporary satisfaction. We only get temporary gain. I know some guys that um, when I was working for a big company, uh, we were doing quite well and there were some other people that I was friends with who were in the similar position as I was. Um, And they were all working hard. We are all working hard trying to earn for our family, earn for our kids. We were focused on getting performance of the business for our families. We had a reason for it. We were focused on that. But it wasn't a soul focus on God. And I found from these guys, they were tending to live lives different to what God had focused, had for us to live, had for me to live. And I found after a while they were getting burnt out or actually quite a few of them started getting heart attacks because they were working so hard, focused on this thing in life, focused on getting the business working well, that they ended up getting sick. Now that's working hard for a temporary gain. And I tell you what, yeah. they, they ended up having regrets in their lives because heart attacks family breakups because they were so focused on, on their work to pay for their families, they ended up losing their families because they worked so hard for it. It's temporary gain. There's regret. There's loss. It might seem like a good idea at the time, but it ends up being lost. And I, I always find that if I get myself 
focused on stuff that's not of God's, there is always an increasing demand of that thing which I focus on. There's always a, a greater level I have to go to to get the same value out of it. So if I'm looking for, my, for who I am out of my work, I have to work harder and harder again. If I, if I look for pleasure out of a substance or out of an act or out of something, I have to work harder each time to keep getting that same payback. Do you know what I'm saying? That There's increasing demands. There's unwanted consequences. Who's ever had unwanted consequences when they've followed something they shouldn't be? All right, so, yeah, we can follow that. You can have pain, you can have guilt, you can have shame. I know I'm tending to focus on negative stuff. We can be following anything in this world, anything in life, but we can find that there's only temporary satisfaction out of that. I've seen this around me firsthand and secondhand. I I know people that have, have chased after stuff that's not of God, and, and I'm like, where are they now? They're friend, good friends of mine as I was growing up. But now they're struggling in life. And it's not like God is, I'm a good person and they're not. The only difference between me and them is, is I've decided to keep God a focus in my life yeah. and the center of my life. And they're on a journey too. So we're all on a journey. We are all on a journey. In fact, in Psalm 37, it talks about uh, the whole process of going through what we surrender to and whether you're going to surrender to God or surrender to something else. So Psalm 37, it says, Don't fret, don't worry if other people are doing the wrong thing. And don't be envious if they get a good payout for it. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing this. Don't be envious if people are getting stuff because they're doing the wrong thing. Because like plants and like the dust of this world, like like vapour, we all die away. We're all here for a moment and then we're gone. Just like green plants, we're here for a season and then we're gone again. But trust in the Lord and do good. So we can trust... In God, we can surrender ourselves to the passions or to the desires of ourselves or this world, or we can surrender ourselves to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to just put you focused and center of stage. I want to keep you right in the middle. I want to surrender to you. I want to surrender my trust to you. Because out of that, we get, it actually lists it through this verse, but we get freedom. When we surrender to Jesus, there's freedom because Jesus said he came to bring us freedom, freedom from guilt that I've, I've been a bad person, I've done the wrong thing, freedom from addictions, freedom from, from the chains that might bind us up, stuff that's been holding on to us. I know that I've had to deal with things in my life that have been a problem for me, an ongoing habitual problem, but God has helped me through that. Not just a good program, but actual God coming in and, and working in my heart, changing me around. So it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Surrender your trust to him. Then you can live in the land and enjoy its safe pasture. Now these guys were workers of the land back then, so that made sense. Safe pasture, you can live safely, you can live well, you can enjoy your life. It's just to take delight in the Lord and you can surrender your desire to Him. Take delight in Him, surrender to Him your desire and He will give you the desires of your heart. I love that. If you give up the passion that you go, but but God, I just want this, I I, I want this, but I'm going to surrender to you, I'm going to surrender that desire to you. What do you have for me? He then gives you the desires of your heart. He then gives you, he replaces it with that. Take delight in the Lord. Commit your way to him. It talks about surrendering your your journey, surrendering how you do things to God. Trust in him and he will do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn and your vindication, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. It says to be still before the Lord, to surrender your mind and wait patiently for him. Who's ever had to wait for something? Something you want quickly, but you have to wait for it. You can sometimes get a bit impatient, get a bit annoyed. My meal should be ready by now. Those guys got my meal before 
I order before them and they've got their meal already. Sometimes you have to wait. It says to wait patiently for him because he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. He will take care of you. He will, he will work things out for you. I just want to skip on to, to Samuel. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, I love the story of King David. And I know I started talking about him before, but I just want to... It's so impressive, the journey of his life. So he was a, he was a young man just working his his family's field, because that's what they did back then. He had older brothers. But he was faithful in working the land. And, but while he was out there, he actually spent time with God. It says he played music to God, he sung to God. Um, and a lot of the Psalms that are in the Bible are from that time. Now, he then was anointed, like out of the blue, some go- old guy comes and pours oil on him and said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. And there was already a king there. His name was Saul, but God had said, I'm going to replace him with another man, someone who's going to follow my own heart. Because he'd seen David following his heart. David had a relationship with God. We can have a relationship with God. And in 2 Samuel, this is actually after he's already been king for a while. And um, one of the prophets is speaking to him. uh, In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, it says, here's what the Lord says to you. He says, I will look after... Sorry, I took you from pasture. So as a young child, I took you from the pasture where you were following sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. What an incredible change from being like a shepherd boy to being king of Israel. He says, I've been with you wherever you have gone and I've cut off all your enemies from before you and I will make you a great name like that of great men of the earth. God's actually declaring to David what's, what's happened but also what's going to happen. Now King David, after he took the throne and Saul was... Um, Saul died and he took the throne. He didn't, David didn't then try and defeat Saul or, or kill him or take him out. He actually, David honoured God's anointed person and he waited until Saul had died. Saul actually tried to kill him through this process, by the way. David was faithful and he followed God. He's actually surrendered to the purpose and the plans of God. I love this about David. He surrendered his life to him, to, God, to, to our father, to his father. He surrendered his life and his destiny, which was already called over his from, from a young age. And God's saying to him, I'm now going to cut off all your enemies. Now, David did some amazing battles. If you ever want to read through Samuel, through Chronicles, and I'm forgetting where else it might be in the Bible, <laughs> Kings, help me out here somewhere. Okay, David had some amazing victories where he, he like outnumbered, outgunned, continued to win because he always sought God. He sought God, said, God, what do we do in this situation? Where do we go? Because he had a heart to spend the time with Father and to listen to him, and where do I go? He even knew that... Um, it was God that would bring the victory. In Psalm 44, he says that you're my king. You're the commander of the victories. You command victories and deliverance over me because I don't trust in the sword or in my bow because you've saved me from my enemies. So it's cool what what God is speaking over him. He's saying, I'm going to do this thing for you. And, And David's like, yeah, I believe you, God, because I've seen you do it and I know you're going to continue. And David never lost a battle as far as I can tell. He wasn't actually defeated in any of his battles. The reason why I'm bringing up the story of David because it relates a lot to us. We can surrender our lives to God, put him in that center focus of our lives and find that he fights our battles for us. Whenever things are tough, whenever issues come up or or desires try and lead us another way because sometimes we can surrender to desires and, and find ourselves on the wrong path, God will help us. He will actually fight for us and he will find a way out of that situation. You may be heading along a train going, I don't know how I'm going to get off this. He will provide a way off it. 
he will provide a way off of that trouble and out of that problem and into his good pasture, which he promised him here. In second, it goes a bit further on in, in verses 13 to 16. It says, The Lord also declares to you that I'll make a house for you. Now, before this, David was actually talking about building a temple. He says, I need to build a temple for God because he didn't have a proper temple. He only had a tent that it stayed in. He says, I want to put a temple, make a temple for you. And God says, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that for you, but I'm going to make a temple. For, I'm, <laughs> temple. I'm going to build a house for you. So when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up a descendant after you who will come forth from you, so he's talking about his son, and will establish his kingdom. I shall build a house for my name, and I will establish a throne of his kingdom forever. So his son Solomon, David's son Solomon, actually built the temple, which is like, we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars worth of gold laid in this place. It was an amazing structure laid with gold, incredible, silver, precious jewels. The thing was amazing. And, and the way they talk about it, we worked it out once, how many billions of dollars actually went into running, to building this building. It was incredible. I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he commits, it, when he commits sin, iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the, and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him. As I took it away from Saul, sorry, as I took my loving kindness away from Saul, that was the king before him, whom I remembered before you. I removed him before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever and your throne shall be established forever. This is a cool statement because it's not just talking about his son Solomon building a kingdom, building a temple. It's actually talking about Jesus. Because Solomon's kingdom didn't last forever. It eventually got broken up into different parts. But Jesus' kingdom lasts forever. So this promise... And David... In verses 18 to 22, he says, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? As if it wasn't enough in in your sight, sovereign Lord. You have also spoken about the future of our house. He's saying, Who am I that you've done this for me, God? But our Father has done this for him because he set him the center of a stage. If you set God center of stage, anything that comes your way, God will help you overcome. Anything that brings in your way. Anything. And I think it's cool that we've had a baby dedication today because this whole thing about lineage, your family, your family is special. All our families are special. But I know that God wanted me to bring this verse about David out because there is, there is a line that you guys have. There is something special in your family. I can see it. And those of you around us who, who, who spent time in the wind know there's something about your family, something that's meant to endure and last. There's things that are going to try and break you up, but it doesn't need to. Keep your eyes focused on God. Keep him center stage. Give glory to him through what you do. It may be work, it may be fun, it may be whatever. Give glory to him. If you keep him center stage, he will fight the battles for you. Any problems that come your way, he will fight for you. Because his arm is not too short to defeat any enemies. We look in the Bible and there was like, they were outnumbered, many to one. But God came through. But God came through. So any problems that you have coming your way, just remember that. God will come through. God's got this. I love this. I love it. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. There is none like God. This is David speaking. Surrendering our desires, our trust, our minds. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Sometimes you've got to wait. But can I encourage you to wait 
Surrender your worries. Surrender your concern because God's got this, whatever it is you're facing. The Bible, back in, in Psalms 37, it says, He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. Be still before him. Don't, don't get angry. Turn from your anger. Surrender your anger to him. Don't worry because that only leads to evil. If we don't wait patiently and surrender our frustrations to God, we'll end up doing something silly. We'll end up trying to manipulate the situation. We'll end up trying to turn things around. Like, how can I turn this around for my own good? We're made to surrender. And in our surrender, we get victory back. It says right at the end of of this psalm, it says, for those who are evil will be destroyed. And I know a lot in in the Bible... In the Old Testament, it talks about the evil will, will pass away. Like those who are wicked will be destroyed. I feel in that, I feel God's heart, he doesn't want people to be destroyed. He doesn't want people to turn to evil. He doesn't want people to manipulate the situation because he knows that's only going to twist you up and, and turn you inside out and it's going to break you down. And it's not God stomping on you. It's not the, the, the evil are going to be destroyed. Sometimes he has to move in to make people make a choice. Like, are you going to choose life or not? Like, these guys had a choice. You have a choice. And, and he's saying to you today, don't choose manipulation. Don't choose getting your own way. Don't choose your own desires. There's a way out, and the way is through Jesus. The way is surrendering to Jesus. Jesus, I surrender to you. Because he said, the hope in the, no, those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Talks about land there being country. Being, being part of who you are. And back then, having the land was inherited through generation to generation. It was an important part of their family. It was their identity, who they were. God gave them that land and it was given down to generation. Even though they could sell it for a time, it always came back to them. It was part of the law of God that he put in place. So you will have hope and you will inherit the land. You will inherit his land. Who wants to inherit God's land in your life? I do. I do. I feel like through this, God is asking you, do you want to surrender? It's not an act of a victim. It's the choice of the aware. Are you going to surrender to stuff in your life that is going to turn you into places you don't want to go? You know the path I'm talking about. It may be a passion for work, which is still good. That's fine. But does it give glory to God? And is it pulling you away from Him? Is it pulling you away from your family? Is it pulling you away from good things? It may be the pursuit of happiness. Happiness in itself is not bad. But like Pastor Steve said, it's only going to be for a moment. Happiness doesn't last. Or are you going to surrender to something that's greater? Because we don't know what today or tomorrow is going to bring. This afternoon, maybe something happened you don't expect. But if we surrender to God, if we surrender to Jesus, whatever comes our way, victory will come out of it. Because it's God's victory. Because He will fight for you. If someone gets hurt, if someone's in pain, God will fight for them. You can ask Him for them. Like what was spoken this morning through Jamie, that's awesome. We can ask God in His ways, Father, would you work this out? And we wait patiently for Him to move. If we can get the band up now. We're going to sing through this song again. Because there's something that resonates with me with that those words that I'm desperate for you. Because we surrender to Jesus. Jesus, I'm desperate for you. 
You may not know him. You may be just living life and you've come here this morning, whether it be for the dedication or someone invited you. But I know God's knocking on your heart through stuff that I've said here this morning. I know Jesus, because it talks about him knocking on the door of your heart. He doesn't barge in. He doesn't just kick the door down. He's knocking and he's waiting for you to open it. And you feel it. I know you feel it. Through this song, we're going to talk about, God, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. But I want you to say, I surrender to you, God. I'm going to surrender to you through this. You want to stand with me? Could you guys just stand? I want to pray a prayer just before we sing. And maybe you're making a decision for Jesus today. And if you do, I'd love to speak to you later. I'd love to talk to you. If you, if you haven't accepted Jesus before, if you haven't surrendered to him, we would love to pray with you and talk to you about it. But if you are surrendering a situation, a thought, a desire, a habit, something you want to give up, or whether you're surrendering to Jesus, I want you to just agree with me on this. Let's close our eyes. Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender Jesus to your sovereignty. Because in the Bible, it talks about you being a king. So I surrender to you, my king. I make you king over my life. I'm not going to be scared about today or tomorrow anymore. I choose to be filled with hope. Hope that your Holy Spirit will move in my life like it's been spoken of here. Like you did through David. Like you did through David. You won the victories. Any problems that came his way, you sorted them out, Father. We're going to make you set a stage of our life. I choose to listen to you instead of my fears. I choose to listen to your voice instead of the voice of doubt or of shame. I choose not to answer or listen to my habits or my desires anymore. I'm surrendering them to you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not a victim anymore. I'm choosing to follow you, Jesus. I surrender to you, Jesus. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.